Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're joined again this week by JB, and we are again powered today by Code Sports. Pistol's laughing already. I haven't even introduced you. What are you laughing at? <laughs> so many. Are you going to introduce me again? There was only two. There was only two oh, again. That's true. Three's a party, though. So let's... And welcoming Pistol again on the podcast. Oh, now it's a party. Now, now look what you've done. Um, how are you? How, Pleasure how was to your be week? here. How was your week? Oh, it could have been better. Um, I moved up a K, so up to 18K, so slow, slow, slow. I uh, had Rioli on field, which complements, you know, the Rosa and the Durden. I'm collecting, like, sub-20 scores on fields in recent weeks. And the uh, classy Oliver C with 99. So kind of story of the season, just leaving points behind um, on the bench. But I feel like still moving up and having those things happen is a good sign for the rest of my team. So I'm... Hmm. Um, still positive spirits uh but not as positive spirits as you are at the moment i believe yeah so i I didn't think i'd be on the train of going mccray into neil was actually a a pro this week um and missing all of the the melbourne players i think just getting away from the bad fielding rookies and hitting the captaincy most weeks is carrying me a little bit but i'm ranked 6k i scored 2307 this week so my team's in good stead. I think I'm still pushing for 1K, so um, that would be great if, considering the start that we had good to the season. Comeback, yeah. Um, but I, I, I firmly believe, like, I still think someone in your position approaching the buyers with a little bit of planning, which obviously you're going to be doing a lot of planning, but if anyone else is in your position with a, with a little bit of planning, you, top 5K is still, I think, well up for grabs, so... By the end of the buy, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Definitely. So, no, genuinely, <laughs> I, I think you can set yourself up for that. So, um, and it's still like unbelievably tight. I cannot believe 
the gap that I have on some people in rank, but the tightness in points that we have. So um, still a lot of water to go under the bridge. We had a few more sign-ups to our Patreon this week, Pistol. So I'm just going to shout them out. So we had Andrew Cathy jumping in. We had Monzi, Jared Beasy, and Justin Louie. I'm going to I'm gonna say that that's Louie and not Lowy. I think it's Louie. I might have I might I might have gotten that one wrong actually. Please correct him if he's wrong so that there's a uh yeah, follow up next week on the uh, Cancer Council donation page. I think it's Louis. I'm locking in Louis. And now that you've mentioned right. Cancer Council, take it away. <laughs> All right, yeah, with a perfect segue. Um so this week we have a generous donation from Keith Thomas. He says didn't want to take Hayes fifty five as I was neck and neck in the league, so I thought I'd get ahead of the curve and bring in Darcy yeah. instead. That's that's of the Sean variety. Uh for a mighty fifty two points. Um look, that's not a proud moment, I think. Um Darcy against Wits. That's not a matchup I would be super keen to trade into. Um, to Henry Gibbs, thank you very much for your generous donation. Nice nice one here. Paid 660k for steel two weeks ago for a 75 and a 74 instead of just grabbing Sicily at his lowest. So, well, not lowest, but at a lower price. Um, yeah, something to be said, again, like on last week's podcast, buying premiums at their top price rarely pays off. Um, usually there's a dip. It's hard to maintain prices at that point. So usually the value hunting is uh, the way to go at this stage of the season, JB. Yeah, a little bit unlucky with that. Obviously, getting an Uber in at any stage is good, especially if you can finally find the cash for the Uber midfielders. But it, it's just unfortunately paying that little bit extra instead of getting like a Darcy Parish, you paid an extra 50k and it backfired. It's kind of what happened with me with Steel um, last, last year. So yeah. same exact price. same price, same player, same income, same <laughs> <laughs> super contribution. Yep. <laughs> you know where I'm going. So yep. yeah, it's just it's unlucky in a sense, but um, the game continues to remind us not to get greedy with these players. Now, Pistol, I have a big announcement regarding the Cancer Council. Okay. We've reached our goal of twenty thousand dollars. We we're we're far from we're we're for fifteen hundred odd dollars from from twenty thousand JB. Fourteen eighty eighty five. Okay, yeah, so if you want to be precise. Yeah, one thousand four hundred and eighty five. I did yeah. I did what you usually do to me. That's what that feels like. Um, no, no. So, so what we've done is we've actually reached our goal of 20,000 because incoming is a huge donation from our Slack vets that is going to creep us over the mark of 20K. And I just want to pause. I, I, I cannot explain how grateful we are for such an outrageous donation from a bunch of people, a group of people beloved people in our community that Absolutely beloved. that don't need to contribute any more than what they do already to to keep us afloat and, and to keep us doing our thing but they've reached into their pockets um i'm believed i'm going to give two shout outs tristan and butler are the other two people butler for sort of i suppose doing the rallying tristan for the initial suggestion and for a few individuals that i'm not going to name that put in extra that reached a little bit extra into their pocket and really did did what they needed to to make this happen i've got a message to read out uh pistol there is going to be a poem and at the very end of the podcast for the outro 
I highly recommend everyone sticks around and listens to that after the the Supercoach Chit Chat is done. It is it's an unreal poem, unreal read by one of our Slack vets. Um, a lot of people in the community would have already heard his voice if you're on our Patreon. If not, you're hearing it for the first time. Don't pioneer to get him onto the podcast. He's already said no uh, to our <laughs> offers, but a brilliant voice. So tune in for that. Stay tuned for that. I'm going to read out the message. So the Slack vets have, have left us the message. For the Dr. Supercoach family, the Cancer Council has always served as a beacon, a reminder to set your captaincy, place your loopholes, and a noble outlet for a, a friendly side bet a place to pay for your, our donuts no matter how much we confuse our donees with our jibber-jabber and odd turn of phrase. But for Slack members, young and old, every dollar we contribute also reminds us of someone in our own lives that has been affected by this undiscriminating disease. While it is usually our old age that has us donating for dumb things, the Slack vets have come together to donate to simply do good and ensure that the Supercoach doc, Dr. Supercoach Cancer Council donation tally powers over the $20,000 mark. So Young Bucks, this is from them, not me. Young Bucks, we know you want to outdo the old codgers. So if you have a few dollars burning a hole in your pocket, if you want to make us look like cheapskates, perhaps you want to just offset some of your taxes, we hope you two can come together, ride the momentum and help kick cancer's bum, I'm going to say. Um, it, unbelievably generous donation. It's still going. Massive Oh, sorry, keep going. If patrons of any other podcast want to join us or even compete with us in raising more donations, we embrace you with welcome arms and love you for your contribution. Thank you to everybody that has gotten us to this point. Thank you to everyone that contributed to this group donation and, of course, to those that choose to help out in future. Um, I want to give a round of applause, but I think it sounds terrible on the podcast when you're sort of clapping in front of your mic, but um, go, go for it, Pistol. Take it away. No, I was going to say maybe Cheezer can edit in a round of applause. But thank you so much for such a large and generous donation. It actually, my brain doesn't comprehend what I'm hearing at the moment. Um, yeah, it does not compute. So thank you so much. It's This is, I don't think when we started this, we ever thought we'd reach $20,000 raised for the Cancer Council. Um, just I, I, from- I'm pretty sure our first goal was $2,000. Yeah, it was. It was 2000, 10 times that now. I don't think any of us thought it could be like this ever. It's just great in our wildest dreams. And I'm sure the Cancer Council greatly, greatly appreciates all of this, um, you know, donations. And it obviously goes to such a fantastic cause. And all of us have been touched one way or another by cancer. So, yeah, it's just mind-blowingly just big thank you to all the Slack vets for, for everything you've done for us. And not to even attempt to accuse anyone of being a cheapskate, not to try and outshine um, but just strictly to keep the bo- the ball moving, um, Doctors Who Coach, the three podcasters are going to continue the momentum, donate $300 um, and a combined effort from our part as well to just keep the ball ro- moving. And I think the next goal of 20,000 pistol is uh, is looking like something that we could possibly achieve in the next couple of years, which would be outstanding. Um, so at, at the end of the day, it, it just it's such a awful awful thing that people everyone at one point knows someone or or knows themselves to have gone through something regarding cancer so it's it's such an awful disease and um i'm I'm just so proud of of everyone that's contributed and the slack vets coming through like this like they know how much we love their presence in slack and this is just this just goes to show the just the sheer character of the people that are involved in that group so we're so appreciative 
We are. All right. How do we follow on from that? We have to talk about Supercoach. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I, I will quickly say the people counting on the Prize League announcement that we are aware. Um, there's been a little bit of technical difficulties on our end in uh, computing that, but it, it should be available for next week's show, Pistol? Yes, <laughs> it should be. Yep. It might not be, but it should be. <laughs> um, it's something to do with the Supercoach site, not quite picking up the, the scores that we're trying data, to find, yeah. um, etc. So that is that as well. Do we want to get into some Supercoach? Unless you have any other segues uh, going on. Um, You're right. I, I do have a segue. Well, I suppose you just provided the segue. Um, <laughs> lads, just lastly, before we get into the Supercoach Goss, Australian Autumn is here, and luckily the sponsors of today's show, again, are Manscaped. They are here to make sure the leaves are falling off your tree as smoothly as possible. Their fourth-generation performance package, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, has all the tools equipped to keep you calm and collected through all the weather uncertainty Time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and for 20% off plus free shipping, use the code DRSC. And always remember, lads, when you trim your weeds, the tree stands taller. I think I need to come up with a new ending to that because I've, I've popped that one out a couple of times and I think I just... Was that a figurative or a literal? Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah both <laughs> what <laughs> so anyway going forward um I, i'll get more creative next week i promise but thank you very much again obviously manscaped um for sponsoring the podcast excellent all right i think uh we're well overdue for some super coach oh my god it's been 13 minutes so yes yeah. please um, how did you go last week <laughs> <laughs> god no we've been through that um, oh, no. yeah. Alright, so the the show's going to be structured a little differently again this week. Uh, we've thrown out the defender, midfield, blah, 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 positional thing that we usually do at the window. Um, essentially, I've got about three or four talking topics here that's going to get us through. Um, I'm going to jump straight into the first one, which is players to upgrade. Uh, a lot of discussions about uh, Martin, Canelio, uh, butters from last week mostly I hope no one's really discussing this week Raul and Whitfield so uh, let's work through this for starters uh, Nick Martin in our forward lines has just put out a 52 looks like 52 he scored better for me Was he it scored 59 50? on my side oh, sorry I think that was a scaling situation um, anyway he scored 59 uh, which puts his break even up to 86 I do need to remind people his break his average is 86.6 um, yep. So, uh, look, personally for Nick Martin, I think it's absolutely okay to not trade him this week. But I think a lot of people actually don't have worse things to deal with. Not a lot of people, but some do. And in that case, I think he's also fine to trade. It's more of a who am I going to trade Nick Martin to is the question. For a lot of people the buys and buy planning has come right to the fore and people are now looking at their sides and thinking, huh, I'm going to have a round 13 buy problem in my forward line and they're just kind of wondering whether they need to hold Martin all the way to his buy or if they can just afford to trade him right now to a round you know, 13 premium or you know, flip using DPP him to a player of literally any other position. Um, I agree that he's not an immediate trade-up this week, but if he puts in another you know, 60 score, he becomes an immediate trade-up next, next week. Yeah. So you have to keep a watchful eye on him. And 
I guess when you're planning your trades for the next round, you need to make sure that you've got one available to use on Nick Martin if he puts out you know, a, a sub-60 score. So my plan is to actually trade Nick Martin next week, not just like keep a potential backup plan for him. If he scores yep. back-to-back 85s leading into his buy, he loses about 2.3K of money. Um, yep. That's obviously going to change with the magic number, but essentially he loses no money um, and then sort of resets his break-even back to 60. But essentially, if we're keeping him past his buy, when are we ever upgrading him? So the, yep. the, the thought process is you're trading him between now and his buy at some point. Um, in that case, his money actually shouldn't really move at all. Uh, the only way he hemorrhages is, is if he does similar to what Cogs did this week and puts out a real stinky score. He's got Richmond this week, though. I, I'm, I'm backing him in to at least put out a, a 75 plus. In that instance, you're really not losing any money at all. You're, you're losing some, but for the sake of still getting a decent rookie score on field, if you've got issues elsewhere like Cornelia, who we're about to talk about, um, he's just absolutely fine to hold. And I'm doing so knowing that he's probably going to be a trade next week for me. Um, but even if he was a trade the week after, like you said, just be aware that another bad score might force your hand, but it's not the end of the world um, no, for no. Nick Martin. So I think a lot of people panicking saying, you know, he's got to go this week. For any other rookie, I would be worried about an 86 break even. Martin ha- has pretty much not gone under 86 for the three weeks prior to this week. Um, and I mean, even with those, he's 76, 84, 71. So it's not too bad. No, he's he's much safer, I guess, than the other player we're going to talk about. Stephen Cornelio down to 429k. He fell 22,000. Um, he really put out a stinky 37. Sorry to use your, your word for it. Yeah. Um, it just meant that even though people wanted to wait to see what the new coach would do with him and you know he was playing west coast and could put out potentially a good score his break even now is 146 which means that it's almost not worth waiting and finding out the answer i mean in your opinion is it is it worth waiting and finding out or is there just no real way in which he's going to be a keeper and it's worthwhile holding so you may as well cull him before he just drops a large amount of money think about the worst case scenario for this one and i mean i want 37 <laughs> Literally. So I want people to to look at their monetary situation and really assess what 40K means to them um, or 45K. If he puts out another score like he did this week, that's the money you're giving up on Cornelio. He's going down to 380, 385K. Um, That's a lot of money to to commit to someone who's, you know, is he really going to be a keeper even in a good role? The first two weeks of the season, he had over 50% CBAs and scored 80 and 99. His 149 was actually with um, like 8, 8% CBAs or something like that. That was his big score against Gold Coast when he played more of a half-forward role. The problem is, is that was against Gold Coast. So even in that role against other teams, he scored decently before. He scored 96 against Melbourne in that role, 108 against Adelaide. But when it comes to the Geelongs and, and what happened with Carlton this week, a 70 and a 37, a 64 against Fremantle, there are going to be situations where he's just too far forward. Um, and when he's played in the midfield, I, I don't even think it's that much of an increase. He's not a premium in either role for me. And he's got West Coast, but I, I'm sorry. If Clayton Oliver isn't turning up against West Coast. I'm not putting money on Cornelio turning mm. up against West Coast. 
And the downside of what he might score if he doesn't have the role is like you're giving up an astronomical amount of money. He is a must-trade this week, as, as much of a must-trade as what we've seen in, in recent se- seasons. It's funny. He actually had his third most CBAs for the season on the weekends. Yeah. Um, not many, only 23%, but that is still the third most for the season and scored so poorly. I mean, I I do think there'll be like, as they call in fantasy Premier League, the new manager bounce um you know, when there's a new coach, the team just performs a little bit better and yep. it's against a perfect opponent in West Coast. So I don't I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scored a hundred this week. I just don't know if it's worth the risk of him not scoring a hundred. I do think if you if there's other like if you have Jack Steele, I know he's not dropping in price. I think I would still prioritize trading out Jack Steele first. I wouldn't um because I can see Cornelio still scoring a hundred and dropping fifteen K. Um but that being said, if your cash gen is not good and you need that, you know, 30K, then I would look to trade Cornelia out first. My cash gen is good and I traded out Cornelia before he lost this 22K. So even including all that, my cash gen is good. I can't give up 40K somewhere. Yeah. I, I just don't, I, I don't see a world in which even if he does score 100, it's just wallpapering over cracks. He's still a week or two away from resetting that break even. Um, we're coming up to his buy at that point. He's not going to be a keeper. You, you have to understand that. He can't be. He cannot be role. a keeper. And we're about to talk about some potential new DPP additions. He won't be a top 12 forward. Um, 12? I'm 100%. I don't think he'll be a top 12 forward. Um, he, he's just, unfortunately, he's just not that guy. And you, you need to jump off. I would trade him ahead of Steel this week. That's interesting. I guess still, it depends still on your, not losing your cover. any money whatsoever. Canelia yeah. is still at a price four hundred and thirty k. Some people have Rioli coming on for seven <laughs> points. <laughs> um, that that it, Rioli might score outscore Canelia this week. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> He's, he did it last week. Anyway, um, but I don't think that's likely. But my point is, is I'm just not. Do, I'm just doing whatever I can to not lose that money because the money is so valuable. If it means I lose 20 points this week, then then unfortunately it is what it is. But I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think he does well. Um, and he's such a generous price right now. You can go up to a lot of players quite comfortably from Canelo this week. Um, well, I guess we'll talk about them very shortly. We will. We've got a couple more players to talk about um, in terms of players to upgrade. Now, Butters um, performed well on the weekend, still left a big score on the table. Um, again, again, must be the most unlucky player in the league. Stuck on the bench for the first 10 minutes of the third quarter. Um, really set him back in terms of his um, just keeping the scoreboard ticking over with his points. Came back on, still had a 25-point quarter in the, the seven minutes remaining or whatever when he got back on. So, you know, justified it. Still and, and still kept it ticking, got 104 in a big win against North Melbourne. I think we expected him to turn up. Yep. Um, the, only getting 104 might still be a point of concern for people. I'm not saying he's out of the woods yet, but what I am saying is he did actually still leave a, a score on the table with some BS circumstance. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna see what happens now. Geelong and Essendon going into the buy. Um, yep. we're, we're just going to get it laid out on a red carpet. He's not out of the woods yet, but he's far from a trade-out this week. I For Butters, personally, it's just a reassess of the buy situation. We'll give him another two weeks and we'll go from there. It's it's almost a week-by-week week proposition, but I'd rather finish my team first before I trade out Butters. I think his would be more of a final upgrade 
type of guy. Yeah, and he does enjoy playing Essendon, so I will say that. Oh, fingers crossed. Um, Matty Rao is the next one. So, uh, look, I, I'm I'm gonna assume I might get teased for this, but he is. You the, will. He, you will get teased. He's for this. the one going <laughs> out for me this week. Um, his break even's up to ninety three. His price is 440k, but it's not really about that for me. It's more about what I've lost um, in, in Jack Steele as an option post-buy. Um, so although Rao would have been a perfect hold up until that point, um, at the moment now he's he's made his money. He he might stagnate for a couple of weeks. He, he did really well this week to even get to 78. He was he was looking like a 50 pretty much all game despite all the CBAs. Um, just through weight of numbers, he, his floor should be... 70 plus two. I know he put out back-to-back 60s at one point, but his floor is 70, 75 plus, just through weight of numbers of, of getting those CBAs. Um, Bulldogs, Hawthorne, North Melbourne leading into his buy. I think that's a fine fixture run. Um, good. He probably just stagnates in price for two weeks, but with another 70-ish score, he loses a little bit of money, and um, it's just a case of I would rather cash in today um, and, and keep Martin and not have to sort of go up to a forward then and, and just get a midfielder right now. Like uh, I suppose it's, it's going to be team dependent. I'm fine with holding Rao, but I think for me and for a lot of people, he'll be a trader and that's fine. So firstly for Rao, I said three weeks ago, I'm like, there is no way you're <laughs> going to hold him until round 12 and trade him a steal because you'll be done with your team by then. No one has that patience. You have to be superhuman to have the patience to be like, yeah, in six weeks, I'm going to trade out Rao when he takes up a midfield spot at that time. I mean, it was a far-fetched dream, JB. I do think that <laughs> you can hold him until the buy if you want to now. It's completely team-dependent on if Raul is a trade-out at this point in time, and, and it's more about who you can get him up to. I think perhaps this week some of the trade-in options um, don't, I guess, do much for your structure of your side, where in the coming weeks... Um, especially with DPP changes, and I'm talking specifically about Baz and Bont, which we'll get into a bit later. Spoilers. I think they... Pardon? Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers of the podcast. I think potentially he's also a good way um, to kind of like, you're already at those 400k marks, and if you need to make a small little jump, he's right there. Let's say Tim English, so I don't spoil anything. Oh, I guess that's still spoilers. Yeah. Um, he's, he's up in a range that's easy to get to these like top tier premiums. Um, so you just kind of move him on when you need to. I don't think there's a massive rush to trade out Rao. No, no, I don't think so either. But he's gone for me this week. Just just in case anyone's sort of like, oh, no, I better, I better hold him for that buy. Yeah, no, the, 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 <laughs> the plans can change. They can change. Mm-hmm. Still getting injured now, the plans have changed. And, and the plans changed because you are now trading in who? Uh, someone who's priced at what I expected still to be priced at at his buy. Um, so the, the plan was to trade him to around 12 buy player. Yes. So that you could make that smooth transition. Uh, Great plan in theory. Yeah. And now instead of waiting for Steele because he's injured, Correct. you're just going to get Parrish right now who shares the same buy as Steele. Well, Parrish isn't going to drop <laughs> 30K in the next two weeks, is he? He might end in round 12 the exact same price he currently is. Yeah, so why not get the points now? <laughs> I, I'm not arguing against it. I'm saying this is what I said three weeks ago. Yeah, but three <laughs> weeks ago, it was still, it was points versus cash. This isn't even points versus cash anymore. He's not going to lose any money. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm going to cap, captain his 140 this week as well. 
Um, I hope you do. <laughs> Genuinely. You. I said that aggressively, but yeah, I, I meant really it felt positively. Like, <laughs> really felt like you were wishing bad things upon me. Um, Lucky Whitfield, speaking of bad things being wished upon, um, he he scored 43 this week against Carlton. Oh. Um, look, oh. if, 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 if if it couldn't get worse, um, it, it could. It could get worse. He lost 10K. He's breaking his 112. Same boat as Canelio, or are you actually giving him a chance? There is a like a glimmer of hope that Whitfield actually does get turned back into a premium uh, because he he's he's difference. role dependent. Whereas Cogs in any role on the field will not be an Uber. Lockie has an opportunity to be turned into an Uber somehow. I just I watch Whitfield play obviously every week and almost have to like have a panic attack throughout every game because his scoring is so bad and he like saves it with one good quarter and this week he was like playing really deep forward and I'm like why he was so good in the last quarter in the back half and he scored like a gazillion points and it was really effective and I'm like you know what Leon Cameron in his final game is just putting him in the forward pocket in the first quarter like are you serious oh JB I'm hoping that McVeigh, he's going to come in. He's going to say, Whitfield, your halfback flank for the rest of the season. And I just say, great. That's all I wanted. There's a chance. I, I, I can't... Tr- I, I think maybe it's the hope that is killing me, but he's got a break even 112, which isn't as significant as Cornelio's 140. With Whitfield's 112, it means that even if he puts out... I'm not going to say like a 37. I don't want to jinx it. But he's, even if he's projected to, to score, you know, his 78, he's only going to fall 15K. And I think holding Whitfield on potentially him turning around this entire season and I'll know by next week if he's playing all over the place next week I'm going to trade him out yeah because I'll know that McVeigh is going to play him everywhere until his role you know might settle it might not but I'm, I'm going to give it one more chance against an easy opponent I mean even if he plays forward against West Coast he could still score well like Whitfield's got potential to kick whatever three goals and score sub 100 still um, at least if that he does downside that, is lessened. If he does that, if if you watch him play in a bad role but he scores well, I'm you... still training him. Yeah, it's out. okay, I Gone. agree. I agree. Gone. Um, this is the week. I'm so excited though because I'm like, now this is the the crescendo. This is what I've been waiting for for Whitfield. It's happening. He's either in my team or he's out of my team. I mean, in a perfect world, I'm going to spoil the podcast again. I get to trade to my, you know, clearly I've got some sort of mental health issues um, when I'm looking at Aaron Hall coming back in this week and just thinking, yeah, that's going to be like a 40K upgrade. <laughs> and like in a perfect world, that's that's the plan. Yeah. Um, I, I, I worry about you sometimes, Pistol. Um, <laughs> okay, so that that covers the, the players to upgrade. What we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the upgrade targets. This is going to be aimed at steel traders, but it's essentially going to go through... Um, the majority of players that people are going to be looking at anyway just because that's the nature of upgrades this week. They're really, by the way, can I just say, there's no obvious trades, but there kind of is. Like I think I think people identified a player that they wanted weeks ago and no one's really overpriced themselves besides Mills. Um, everyone else is sort of just like priced adequately around whether, like I'm talking the, the Parishes, the Doherty's, the Leds, the Petrarchas have sort of stayed. Um, like these types of players, Sinclair, like they they've not done themselves any harm on the price market. It's only really the Sicily Stewarts and Mills that have like 
you know, taken off into the stratosphere. So uh, I don't think many people are probably struggling with who they're upgrading to this week. But if you've got steel, then obviously you've just got a big, you know, space opened up in your team. So we will discuss it, obviously. Um, I want to discuss first a couple of players that are on the cheaper side of things. Firstly, Ollie Wines is 540k. Um, he's break-even, not that it really matters, he's 59. He's had three tons in a row, 104, 104, 155 against North. Um, has the first buy. What are your thoughts just on Ollie Wines? We saw what happened last season where he could kind of go on that rampage to end of the year, but the problem I see with Wines is I don't think Port look as dominant as they did last season, and that might change when Dixon is back. Don't get me wrong. they got the potential to do it. Four on the trot, mate. I felt, yeah, but it's kind of how they've looked. Um, with Dixon it's back, things could change. It's a vibe. <laughs> um, I think last season when Wines was cheap, um, it was kind of identified that Port were stronger and had an easy draw, and we, you could kind of predict that he'd have an uptick in points. Um, whereas this season, I mean, he's obviously a, a decent value, but in terms of like, going you know 115 plus on the run home i feel like it's a lot more shaky compared to what it was last season so i don't think he's like particularly amazing value either at the 540k mark i mean brayshaw himself is 557 and whilst he looks shakier and shakier i guess every week i still think i would back them back brayshaw head to head to beat wines for the rest of the season and that's once you're paying 550, you're like, uh, oh, I'll pay 570 and get Petrarca. And then you're like, well, for 20K more, you know, I'll get this premium. And you kind of just keeps going up that way um, until you get back into the like super premium, super primo area. And I think that's probably the price range still, you know, owners are going to shop. So people, I think people will think that I will go gravitate towards the port player in this instance. And uh, last year, he only averaged 113 in a Brownlow winning year. I do know people sort of seclude that round nine to round 23, where he only had one sub-ton. And that's the the what they think they're paying for. But that was that that was a dream run. We were winning every game. He was actually kicking a goal a game, and he's a good goal kicker for a midfielder. He had nine last year. Um, he just had a lot of unsustainable things where... If he's playing at his very best every week, I, I, we can get that. But that's still only produced a 113. You add in, I know the cardiac issues are behind him. Um, he said he's completely healthy. That shouldn't pop his head again. These things are still, I don't know. I don't know if you find that as a bit of a concern, but um, I, I just think for, if you're paying for someone, maybe if you sort of predicted the 155 and got him at 508K, you'd be pretty happy. But at this point, I'm not trading into him. Like you said, Brayshaw seems significantly better. Um, we're going to talk about another guy who's spoken about a lot, Josh Kelly. He's 580k. Um, like I just, I don't think we're at a point where we're having to go all the way down to Ollie Wines. Um, Petrarca and Brayshaw are both better, and and they're both not that much more expensive. Yeah. Like far better. Like in an in an entire another conversation, I think. I think um, Kelly's interesting only because we don't really know what's going to happen with a new coach, but he's he's been playing more midfield lately. He's three game, three, two of his last three games have been above 150, and two of his next three games are against West Coast and North Melbourne. So I can see the appeal, but at the same time, he's still the same injury-prone guy that we know he is, and he's got a brand-new coach. So Josh Kelly could... It could go either way, and at 580K... 
you're so close to paying you know the super premium price for the parishes or the lairds of the 30K world 30k cheaper than parish yeah. and he's not 30k like worse he's 70k worse I, I i don't get this selection at all oh it's there's a strong love love affair with kelly don't get me wrong i've been sucked in plenty of times I, hey, i've got him in my keeper league still i love josh kelly but i think it's a, it's still a pass for me i would be looking personally i know you're getting um parish i yep. think for me my number one option would still be led yep um uh, it's it comes down to buys, so you really need to look at your buy structure. And if you don't care about the buys, I think Laird is like kind of an obvious pick at mm, this stage. I agree. Um, he's had twenty two of his last twenty three games a tons. He's un- and that, and the round the one that wasn't a ton was in round three this season in his first game back, and he scored a ninety three. Yeah, when he came back um, from that, he still had the the wrist strapping and then stuff. And and he's scoring at a really good PPM. His time on ground has been, I guess, kind of it's better than in his first week where he only played at season low eighty eight minutes. So he's up to you know lower hundreds now. Um, and he has a five round average of one hundred and twenty five. And he doesn't look like any you know sign of slowing down. And we've got the whole you know we spoke about Jordan Dawson last week and the fixtures where they play West Coast twice and North Melbourne twice as well. And he scores better when Crows win. So I think Laird is just kind of the prime obvious candidate for a trade in this week. I don't think there's another player that's that's on his level. I guess Mills if you want to pay all the way up, but I, I just I okay, still can't okay. fathom paying that high for yeah, somebody so, like that. So just just to I, I think it's important that people do go and look at their buy structures. I'm getting yep. parish because I would essentially be playing thirty K extra for Laird to worsen my buy structure, which seems makes yep. makes the trade go from obvious to obvious the other direction um but i've looked into that so i know that i've identified that that's my worst buy round um funnily enough i've got like 15 premiums playing so it's not my worst for premiums i don't have any rookies playing and all the rookies <laughs> that are coming through um that we're going to discuss are all of that same buy round it is unbelievable it's uncanny that we're getting zero other rookies for other buy rounds um, but essentially, I've identified that. It's why I got Zorko over Dawson as well, made that decision easier. Make sure you go ahead and look because I think Parrish at 613K is a great buy. Um, there's a lot of upside in how well he's scoring with how bad Essendon are playing. Um, yeah. And if that sort of goes back to at least mid-table form, right now they're bottom four form. I, th- I think it comes back around a little bit. So um, a little bit of upside there. He's obviously a super player. They've got Richmond this week. He does enjoy a big contest. So I do like the selection. Laird, I think he's quite clearly better. Um, he has essentially no risk attached to him. He doesn't he, he doesn't have injury risk. He doesn't have low low floor. He I think there was a statistic from Frico during the day today uh, that like all of it, pretty much, I can't remember how many games the sample size was, but he's essentially scored 30 plus, uh, got 30 plus disposals in 90% of his last, say, 30 games or something and then all the other games that he hasn't got 30 plus he's got between 25 and 29 so it's like he just does the same thing every single game and why would that change now it, like he's such an easy selection um what about walsh versus parish because they're 10k apart um parish has a 121 five round average walsh has a 120 five round average their averages for the season are almost identical how how are you separating sam walsh and, and darcy parish same so, buy as well. Yeah, so Walsh is an interesting one. Uh, it's just 
When he came back in round two, he only scored 90. He's had a 101 against Gold Coast, a 106 against Fremantle, and an 89 against Adelaide. And I just don't quite know why. I don't know what's changed because he was uber consistent last year. 89 and 90 isn't that bad of a floor. Everything else 100 plus, and he's shown the ceiling um, that he showed this week. I don't know if it's Cripps's emergence that sort of made him less like required to, to get the 40 disposals in two goal games. Um, he's obviously a super player. He's going to get his no matter what. He's going to find his ball, get his goals, have his big games. I just wonder if the 120 is sort of capped just a little bit with the fact that Cripps and Hewitt have come in. Um, so is Chera. They've, they've got so many players rotating through um, and that he's just not going to consistently be that guy. Um, like I, I think Parrish is going to consistently be that guy. But honestly, I'm I'm nitpicking. It's I, I, I'm not saying he's a bad selection at all. And 600k um, is a very good price to pay as well. So yeah, I, I think personally, there's almost no reason to pick Walsh over Parish except for the price. I think maybe some people might think that's a big call. But Hewitt returned, and Walsh's CBAs dropped from the 50s to 23%. I know he scored really well this week with 149 because he, he's obviously capable of scoring well on that wing. But I think it just makes you more volatile as a scorer when you're playing on a wing. I mean, there's been premier wingmans before like Gaff who you know struggle to break 110. And Walsh is obviously a, an elite player in a different category as a super coach scorer because he gets, I guess, more ball. But he... I think we'll have those 100 flat games and then these 140 games, whereas Parrish is at the moment the number one CBA mid for Essendon, and I think that's going to lead to just more consistent scores, and I feel more confident in consistent scores getting me that you know 115-plus average compared to you know the volatility of Walsh. I want to backtrack real quick to uh, Brayshaw, who you mentioned earlier, but we didn't really discuss. Do you think he's still in the conversation for top 10 midfielders? He's now had... Four subtons, three of which were in the 90s, um, mm. one of which was a 70 against Long. The, the problem is the one this week against Gold Coast really didn't have an explanation. The two tad games that he got against West Coast and Geelong, uh, sorry, GWS, were like he, he had 127, 189. It's like, oh my God, this guy's going to be incredible. Back to back subtons on a tag, but still high 90s. And then 132, 104. I think a lot of people were like, well, he's bombed out in price. He's 596k. Um, he's probably going to go back up now. But then the the 77 against Long, the 94 against Gold Coast, it's, it, he's really seesawing. He's, he's not really breaking into the top 10. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, 
do you think he's going to get there or do you think he's just going to be on the the fringe um and leaving players like Parrish, Mills, Laird obviously, Petrarca even and and even even Walsh uh, like just slightly ahead. Yeah, I see those guys as a tiny bit ahead. I still think Brayshaw is a really good pick. I don't want to be dismayed by, you know, his 77 three weeks ago when he's a 94 because I do think he's got like a really high ceiling and he kind of balances it out. I think for me, the biggest detractor from Brayshaw at this stage of the season is we've got the impending return of Fife. I don't think it really impacts Brayshaw much, but even if it impacts him one point per game, it's still like a negative impact. Um, and also Fremantle started, as we all know, with like a really great draw and it's led to them winning a lot of games. But that does mean that the back half of the draw is particularly difficult and I'm not sure exactly how he's going to go in like, I guess, a more difficult draw. It could kind of go either way. If, you know, tie the games, there's more scaling and, you know, more actions around the ball. More he might do better, um, but he also might do worse. I mean, Basically, I'm looking at the fixture. He's got um, Melbourne in like rounds 11 and round 20, Brisbane in round 12. Um, he's still got yeah, Point, Port, Saints, Sydney, Richmond, Melbourne, Bulldogs in a row and Carlton. from round 16 to 21. I mean, they've got all their hard fixtures now. Yeah, essentially. I do want to point um, out as well, West yeah. Coast and JWS, the two teams that tagged him, uh, his final two weeks of the year as well in the Supercoach finals. <laughs> Not great for Supercoach finals. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just think he's slightly off pace with the other guys, but I just wanted to circle back to that in case. He's good price. Great price. Uh, like but, I, if, I wouldn't be upset if he was my M8. He's break-even like, like, yeah, okay. to 100. You could, you could just give him another watch. I mean, he's against Collingwood, so... He'll do well. I think he's quite <laughs> safe uh, to get that. So, yeah, look, yeah. I, I think he's quite on the edge. Um, he's an M8 candidate. He's not an M7 candidate. If, if I had someone... Of yep. similar type of like Tom Green, <laughs> like Tom Green. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be going for him. So yeah, I'm not. So lastly, Mills in the midfield. Now I think this is going to be a real short discussion. Six hundred and seventy k. Um, he is volatile, but refusing to drop in price with his really high ceiling. Um, <laughs> so big. It's it's outrageous. He's going to reset his break even after this week. Um, pretty much after getting a sixty. Uh, and dropping like 15 to 20k overall with a 60 at near 700k outrageous um but essentially he's too expensive dude he's 670k and i don't know whether people are getting this money from but he's not in my opinion 50k better than or 40k better than lead um he can't be can he no i don't i don't think so and uh, as much as he saved the 60 price drop with the 167 against Essendon, if that's a slightly more difficult opposition, then he actually does drop a decent amount of cash. If he's got that in his locker with the Achilles um, potentially being an issue, I hate to keep saying it when he keeps on proving that wrong, but um, if that is a potential issue, then at the end of the day, I don't want to pay 650 plus. He's 670 at the moment, not getting much cheaper. I just think he's a pass even if you've got the luxury of being able to afford him i think you still just buy budget your time um and, and pass oh, it's, it's it's a tough one um i think for him <clears throat> for callum mills he scores really well in like small grounds the scg um university of tasmania the, these grounds are i guess his bread and butter but i can't explain the 60 against gold coast they just maybe had a better midfield you know on the day um it makes it really hard to know when the right time to buy is when his scoring seems so sporadic. 
and volatile. I think because of that, you just hope that in, instead of having, you know, one bad game every six weeks, you hope he just has like back-to-back bad games and his price completely falls off a cliff and then you're able to get him because there's no rhyme or reason to why he's got a 70 and a 60 um, this season already. So I love his ceiling. He's clearly got, I'd say, in the top like couple players ceiling in the game. And it's something I'm definitely going to remember for next season, especially if he gets through every game this season. Obviously, he had those um, injury issues in the preseason. But, man, I, I can't pay 670k for any midfielder. And I never have, and I, I don't think I ever will. Let's quickly discuss defenders and forwards. I think the forwards chat is going to be quite easy. Um, people are essentially looking this week to Liber, Parker, and um, some crazy people looking at Dusty as well. Let's just quickly discuss, um, obviously, a bad buy situation here as well. Um, Liber, I think he he and Parker are both good chances to get in the top six to eight. Um, pending DPP changes, I just worry that getting anyone this week in the forward line is sort of handicapping yourself for a potential DPP change um, in a couple of weeks' time. So, Even Liber? Yeah, I think so. I think Liber, if... And we've teased this enough to sort of semi-discuss it, but... Just say it. Just um, do it. <laughs> Libba is the worst of him, the trio of him, Bont, Baz. The quad of him, Bont, Baz, and English. I think Libba is far and away the fourth best option from those four. And by the way, what a good fourth option he is. But um, if we're getting Bont and Baz, which seem at this stage more likely than unlikely, not that anyone should be trading them in this week but it just makes me want to keep a spot open in my forward line just for an extra week if possible not make that forward trade and and just see how that all pans out we will know this week because we will we will see what they get um forward midfield split wise and that'll either make them safe as in that have to go 100 to zero the week after or you know unsafe as in they pretty much have that yeah. sort of split this week and need to go 100 to zero the reverse way so we should get a really good indicator this week that's enough to make me hold off for a week i i'm not upgrading to liver which was my initial plan at the uh, beginning of the the weekend um not upgrading to liver doing a, an upgrade elsewhere instead so it's an interesting one so i think um Firstly, Baz is Bailey Smith, just to, to be clear. I know we got asked that question last week. Um, Bailey Smith seems to be... I mean, he is the same price as Libba, and he's been scoring really well this season. I think Libba's probably got the potential to outscore Bailey Smith, but at the same time, the upside is in Bailey Smith's corner compared to Libba's corner. I think Libba has been playing more midfield um, lately. I I think if you remember last season, JB, um, it was Dunkley that started in the midfield and then because of his injuries, Libba kind of came in and phased him out. I think we're seeing very similar things in this season. In the first couple of rounds, I'm going to read out the CBAs for Libba. He had 439, I'm talking percentage, I should say, 439%, 23-32. And Dunkley had 54-70-55-60. And then the next four weeks... Well, five, I'll do four weeks. The latest four weeks, Libba's had 62, 50, 72, 64, and Dunkley's had 48, 23, 48, 24. So we're seeing a reversal 
of their roles, just like we'd seen last season. And Libba in that role is pretty much like a 105 averaging player. Yeah. So I think, I mean, 105 averaging forward is unbelievable. Um, the only issue I have is Libba's 540k, which is not cheap. Like that's a tiny bit of value, but it's not like amazing value. And after this week, he's going to be 560k. He's, you're paying value for him, but he's almost a, a definite you know, certainty to finish top six. And if I'm paying 560k, it goes the same thing. I'd rather pay 580 and get Pelly if he gets forward status. So I agree. I don't want to fill my spots with players who might, you know, if there's better incoming players. I think Tim English is high on most of our radars when he returns because he was averaging 120 this season. And then if you've got Baz and Bont going 105 plus and then Libba's in that range as well, I mean, you can't... Okay, actually, you know what, JB? I'm saying you can't have them all because we already have enough forward premiums. So when I say you can't have them all, I mean physically there's not enough spots in our forward line to get all of them. Correct. But JB, is there an issue, if you did have the spots, of having five Western Bulldogs, you know, midfielders? No, I'm not even answering this question. Why not? Um, well, because we're not even going to be in that situation for another three weeks, potentially. I could get three Bulldogs in three weeks. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you could, yeah. Uh, no, why would, would there be an issue? It would give me four total in my forward line. Is there an issue with that? Why would there be an issue with that? That's why I'm asking you. If some, so there's a lot of people that don't okay, like getting I, I, I multiple players from I know what the you're same saying. team. No, there's not an issue with that. It, pretty much, if there there should be a thing, and I know they're used for fixtures, but team is so irrelevant in terms of who's on the same team and who's scoring what, why, and what team they're on because of that and just the Bulldogs McRae English Bont Bailey Smith Liberatore Dunkley and then so that that's six players that are like genuine that could be picked by every single team and they're all going to average 100 plus what is the issue with that they just eat a large amount of pie not <laughs> real life pie I'm, I'm sure they're very fit boys but um they eat all the supercoach fire and we still have Macomb and we're getting Buku Karmas and probably getting Cleary. Like, yeah, I'm going to have nine Bulldogs. really players. bad for the buys, but it's <laughs> they're still scoring well. So um, if there was a, like an extension that removed that little like team logo from your, your page, you would not care at all. So don't, don't make it an issue. As long as you can get through the buys, or if you don't care about the buys, then that obviously doesn't matter. But if you get through the buys, I didn't see that being any harm. I just realized when GWS play Bulldogs, I'm going to have like 15 players in the matchup. Um, that might be a bad round for me. So. Oh my God. That's <laughs> the battle of the magnets. Well, maybe not with McVeigh coming in. Well, yeah, well, it's true. We'll have to see on that one. But I do think it's an important point. And, and as you said, I wouldn't go early this week as well, just reiterating. Um, I know some people are looking at getting in um, Baz before his price rise this week in particular as in the midfield. I just want to make sure he's definitely going to get forward status before yep. trading him in. He's worth paying up for. And and he's not prone to another 80 or 90, so I wouldn't stress too much. Um, all right, so quickly on the defender side of things, I do want to go through this really quickly. Uh, I think this is the least likely of the, the trading options. Um, we've got Sinclair coming to a sort of cheap halt. Uh, Dawson and Zorko still at relatively cheap prices. Doherty at a still gettable um, priced correctly price. Sicily at an overpriced price. 
And I'm going to mention the fact that Hall's potentially returning, but like, no, <laughs> yes. no, no one's getting him this week. Not essentially. this week. So, um, of those guys, uh, I just I don't even need a discussion. I just want you yeah, to tell Paul. me: are they <laughs> are they overpriced, priced correctly, or underpriced? With like, quickly, just Didn't give you me just a do that? <laughs> well, I, I, well, people want to hear you, Pistol. I'm just the host. You're just the host. You're, you gave you're the genius, first. Pistol. Remember what's happening, Pistol? You're you the high- you're the genius. You have the higher rank this season, so you're now asking the questions, then answering the questions, and then asking, oh, you got any comments? Well, I mean... You're ignoring me. You're basically... I'm, I'm the I'm the Daisy Pierce. Well, your audacity team. file doesn't have nothing on it, so you're still getting your words in regardless. <laughs> so I wouldn't stress. No. Um, I think you're pretty, pretty spot on. I, I mean, I hate to agree with you. Uh, Sicily is scoring unbelievably well. He's averaging 115... Which is again incredible. How how can I how can I pay five ninety three k? It's got nothing to do with the fact that he was started the season at four forty five k, but it's just Sicily has to right. It ha- that one of these games has to be an eighty something score, and the price is going to drop right. Like we've been waiting for it. He's going to be above six hundred k this week, but it's not even. He's not even priced above his average. Like it's he's overpriced. So underpriced. If, no, yes, he's currently overpriced. I think he's going to be more overpriced next week. Um, right, so he's priced above his average. You're saying? Yeah. Oh, because I of mean, his hot streak. Sorry, so, I got that the wrong way around. Hot streak. My bad. No, no. He. Uh, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. I just think that kind of the ship has sailed. But I do understand that his round fourteen buy is super important. That's to what some I was going to ask. Yeah, it, it, would you sort of bypass Doherty if the the Sicily buy was more important to you? Is pretty much the question. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. Like, if you're going to cop like a zero in the buys. You know, it's it's worth paying. Or would you a rather? More. Would you rather just go the the budget option like Zorko, Dawson, Sinclair? I think Dawson's got the same buy, not as Doherty. No, um, no, but no. Would, anyway, Dawson's would, got around, would around you get the budget buy. option instead of Sicily still, or would you just cop the Sicily? Or because like, the last week, I think I, I would get the budget option. Well, yeah, um, last week I could have got Doherty so. or Sicily, um, or Zorko or Dawson, obviously, and, and chose the guy who was. A, good for my buys, and B, still gave me 60K in the bank for my moves this week. And again, this week, I can get Parrish, Laird, or Mills. I'm taking the guy who's still the decent budget option for his price. I think it's really important that people go and plan out their net. A lot of people only have three, two, two, three, four, at most five upgrades to make on their team. If we're considering players like Brody and Proust don't need to be traded unless they're like a real sideways trade eventually. Um, real upgrades, getting rookies or rows off field essentially. People don't have many left. And if you go and look and plan your trades, I've only got about four cash cows left approximately. Um, like real good fattened cows after trades this week. And I've got three moves to do, which is going to involve six rookies. So where am I getting these, this other money from? It's going to potentially cost me three trades to do my last upgrade. And I've had an unbelievable cash situation and I've barely paid up for anyone this season. So I want people to go and look. No, like unless you've had the ideal cash situation, I don't think people can afford these trades, especially the Mills, the Sicilies, the Tom Stewart's. If you've already got a few of these guys already at some point this year, and you're really just making it through week by week, please look ahead for your situation um, and just assess whether you can continue to pay out for these players. Um, I, I think you can probably splurge once or twice a season over the 
of the um, budget guys, but like Zorko compared to um, Sicily, look, Sicily's obviously going to outscore him, but for the difference of 50, 60K, is it, is it going to be that much? Like, I don't, well, I, I don't yeah, think injury so. injury risk, I guess, you're paying for. Or Dawson, um, perhaps, instead of Zorko, if, that, if that's the way that you, you're going to sort of swing this, this scenario. Yeah. But, like, it's just, I don't think it's worth it. It's so rarely worth it. I, don't, I, I just, I can't see it. Um, the only player I think is worth 590K down back would be if Hearn announces his retirement. I, I still think... I mean, maybe not 590. That's probably too steep. 570K. I think if Hearn retires, Witherden could then, you know, take his game to another level. And that could be kind of, you know, he's in 2.1% of teams. But I don't think even Stewart, he's going to get back down eventually to those 570 ranges. I, I just pick them off when they get there. I mean, to be honest, last week Sicily was 569. So that was probably the week to jump if you had to yep. had to do it. Um what do you think of, I think Vlostwin's now got a 115 average. He's a 10K cheaper, sorry, more expensive than Sinclair, who might get a little bit more midfield time with Jack Steele out. I think people might be weighing or judging up grabbing one of them either this week or them waiting until after the buy. Is there an easy way for you to separate those? Yeah, I don't want Vlostwin. <laughs> I, I said this after. There you have it. I said this after a ninety-eight, one fifty-five, and one ten. All he's done since then is miss a game and then score a ninety-five. I still don't want Vaston. Okay, no, fair enough. I mean, Sinclair's I, probably. I appreciate you asking me the question, best. but I like Sinclair a lot, actually. Is he the best value? Yeah, this week he'd moment? have to be. Yeah. Sorry, defender. Yeah, I think this week. Yeah, I, I, in fact, he's he might hover for a little bit as well. I'm, I'm kind of if if Hall. You know, doesn't come back or looks bad. Actually, you know what? I'm still going to get Hall. It doesn't really matter what happens. You're always going to get Hall. In, in other people's situations that, you know, have better logic and, and capacity than I have of, you know, being able to withstand Hall's charm, um, Sinclair is a really good move if you, I guess, have Whitfield and you want to keep that same buy or just want to, I guess, wait until you finish the finish the first buy around and then downgrade or sorry upgrade to a Sinclair. I, I, the only thing I, I will say right. is don't um, play yourself out of Doherty. I, I think yes, a, a lot of Doherty's people great. a lot of people are going to have Sicily. A lot of other people are going to have both Sicily and Doherty. If you're one of the unlikely ones without Sicily, Doherty or Stewart even, um, you, you're going to need one of them and Doherty is going to be the most um, price friendly. So don't purchase yourself out of Doherty. Um, He's everything friendly. We love yeah. Doherty. Yeah, we do love Doherty. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to move on to the top downgrade targets. There's only a couple this week. I think it, I'm going to say right off the rip, get Clark, absolute lot, going to make lots of money, great role, good guy. If you have to boost, I don't care if it's the last one, get Clark. Deal, done. Cool. Um, next, we're going to discuss Buku versus Thompson versus, as per your request, Boyd, who's going to be getting a, a potentially decent role with Zach Williams missing some time. Um, first of all, I mean, Boyd's 161K. I think we can just... I, I, I like that you've brought him to the table and I think he's got to have better job security and scoring potential, but unfortunately, he just needed to be like 130, 135K to be considered. An extra 26K on top of that is just a little bit little bit too much for me. Again, you said the question, do you answered it, and then you throw him for me well, for special comments. What what am I meant to answer when you give what I'm thinking? You can just agree. And if that's what you're thinking, I, it's a We bonus. invited him in to eat with us and then we said, thank you for your company, now get out. And that's how I kind of feel with this Boyd and this comparatively to the other two. 
well, that's on him. Um, <laughs> he had to just not get games as early as he did, I guess. Yep. Um, okay, so Buku versus Thompson. I'm, you know what? I'm very passionate about this. I'm, okay. I'm on exactly one side of this, but I would like my my guest to to answer first. Oh my god! As he's been requesting all, ga- all, all podcast. All right, all right, great. I'm really excited. Thank you, JB. So I, I think Buku have. Oh, sorry. No, you go. You're right. <laughs> I have this choice myself, um, and I am going to get Buku Kamas. Um, one because just, I mean, if you've watched him, it's just exciting. Ripper, ripper name, ripper player. But for me, uh, Thompson's scoring potential is, I think. We're seeing the best that we're getting from him at the moment. I mean, he had 11 spoils on the weekend. It was wet. It's kind of easier to do your thing in that, I guess, rain. Um, he's likely going to be putting out 30s. I mean, in the buys, if he puts out 30s, it's probably like doesn't. It's not much of a benefit over donuts in the first place. At least Bukukams can kick some goals. He might. You might spike a large goal. You know, a la Tracy's scores throughout last year's buys where he just like scored 90s and 100s because he kicked goals those weeks. I know his fixtures, um, Booker Kamas's fixtures are not great um, during the buys, but again, it's very hard to predict with forwards and, you know, the volatility of games. Not just that, he's been good. I think he can get a couple of games. He probably will get dropped at some stage of the season. I imagine it would be just after the buys, but I do feel comfortable selecting him thinking that he's going to play through the buys at this stage. Plus, if he does get dropped, hopefully it's after he's played six games and he gets forward status in the future. Maybe we have to wait till like round 18 or whatever and might, you know, make our bench transitions and loopholes a lot easier when he gets DPP as well. If He should get DPP at some stage if he's playing as forward. So that's kind of where I'm heading, JP. <laughs> JP, how are, you, how, are you, um, <laughs> how are you seeing this situation? Oh, I'm seeing it from a new set of eyes now. JP's J- eyes? JP's eyes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, what can I really say when you answer the question, Pistol? That's perfect. Um, I agree. Buku is my guy to trade in this week. I think Thompson is decent. He has probably slightly better job security. He has yeah. far more injury risk, which I think a lot of people <laughs> are underrating as well at the moment. Um, and he just has the worst scoring potential out of almost anyone in the entire game. He's going to live off of spoils. He's not always going to get 11 spoils for 33 of his 50 points. Um, He gets almost exclusively less than five disposals. Um, He's there to do his job. He's a good player. I'm not not trying to... I wouldn't even think about taking sort of that away from him, the fact that he's a, a good defender, but he does his job perfectly in the sense of he's there to see ball, punch ball, um, not see ball, get ball, or like other players are supposed to do. So um, I just think Buku's got the higher upside and he's awesome. He's really good. Now, he's good in their team. He fits their structure. Um, yeah, and he does. And he does, he does the right things right and he's got really good foot speed. So I think the problem with Hugo Hagen and Shaki and a few other players that they've sort of put through there is that they either are good in the air, throw Mitch Wallace in, they're either good in the air or they're good pressure players. And I think he's both. I think he does a little bit of both. So um, he should fit them to a T. He should hopefully get another few weeks on the track and, and that's what I'm counting on. And um, I just think if you're going to trade for someone like Thompson just for an extra 30 points over a couple of buyers, you're almost 
preferably it's almost better to just not do the trade like 30 points plus over a couple of weeks for the sake of the trade like i, I just i don't see the upside in that whereas Buki, right, Buki I got, has up, i got a upside. question for you i'm gonna throw throw you on the spot here then so i know you just said it's not worth doing the trade look it, it is because Obvious, the downgrade money i haven't finished my question <sighs> Then we finish the question. I ask the questions here and okay, answer so the questions. <laughs> some people may have, let's say, a player that's not scoring very well as their D8. Let's just call him um, Plin Ferres. And mm-hmm. he isn't a viable cover, emergency cover down back. And there's also people that have a donut down back. So whichever player they get for their bench is going to have to then provide cover for the season. Uh, well, not for the season, but at least for the next couple of weeks until the buyers, yada, yada, yada. So would you be trading down? Let's say you have um, Sam DeConing as your bench cover. He's now almost topped out in price. Would you be downgrading him to someone like Bukukamis and thinking, yeah, that bench is strong enough and it releases enough funds that it helps me you know, propel my team forward? Or is that too risky when potentially there's someone with better scoring potential coming the very next week in Cleary from Bulldogs as well, who looked fantastic in his first game. Well, the problem is, is it's not ideal, but you can't halt your team and your upgrade cadence for the sake of that. And and Cleary, as much as he passed the eye test and he looked good and he scored decently, and I expect to hopefully be getting him in next week myself, is far from a guarantee to play a third game, whether it be through a bad game this week, a, an injury, a dropping whatever it might potentially be. So I would absolutely go Buku this week. And worst case scenario, if you if you needed also to find a way to Cleary, um, look, maybe, I don't know. I don't want to say like it's a boost situation of a sideways Perez or Donut to Cleary, but if things got really desperate, then you, you're going to have to just get creative. But I think the answer is still Buku this week, no matter what. So I think you raised a very interesting point. I note online many people are saying, well, I don't actually need to do a defensive downgrade this week to get Karmas or Thompson because Cleary looks like a better scorer than both of these guys. And that may be true. Um, to be fair, Collingwood makes all halfbacks look amazing. But mm-hmm. is it too risky to bank 100% of your upgrades next week relying on Cleary as your downgrade option to release your funds? Like, would you actively pull the trigger earlier on, and get someone like Bukukamas so that you didn't have to... Uh, it, I get what you're saying. It's so it's so team-dependent, I guess. Um, like, is it is it too risky? No, I, I don't think so. Look, in that instance, um, obviously, you're waiting for a reason. You, get, you got more important fish to fry this week, I hope. Um, I I th- I think backing him in is fine. I just think if you're actively choosing him over Buku when you've got the same, when you when you've got no like not no issues, but when this issue is equal to the other issues on your field, uh, I think is that is where it becomes bad. I think you should you should prioritize getting the 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 devil you know rather the guy who's played the two games, made it through, scored decently, looks to have decent enough job security rather than counting on that guy next week. But if you had to do it, I also think it's fine to be positive and count on the guy next week and and hope that he just makes it through that next game. So 
I don't know. I'm I'm kind of sitting on the fence, I guess. I just think it's team dependent, so I can see arguments for both sides. It's interesting. I feel like we just had this scenario like two weeks ago. Maybe it was even one week ago and time flies, but um, people were wondering whether it was worth getting McComb or waiting a week for Carroll after Carroll had put out you know, one really good score yeah. and then one mediocre score. And a lot of people were like, well, Carroll's got more upside, so I'll just get him next week, passed on McComb, who then you know scored that 73 last round. And Carroll this week put out, well, I don't even know what his final score was, but it was like 30 or 26 or 28 or something like that. It wasn't um, good. Which means Carroll's then at risk of losing his spot in the coming weeks as well. Um, so I, I agree. Devil, devil, you know, sometimes is a, a lot more valuable. It might not yeah. work out for the better in that, you know, Cleary could outscore Karmas by 10 points per game. But the alternative is, you know, Cleary just gets dropped and you can't do anything with your side and you get stuck, which is a really harsh lesson compared to, you know, like a 10 points price difference. I don't think we expect Buku to get dropped, you know, in the next two weeks at least. So, um, yeah, just wanted to ask that question because it's definitely going to be weighing on, on people's mind this, this week. I think the last thing to go through is captaincy's pistol. I don't think anyone wants my captaincy advice. All right, cool. Probably. I'll take it again then. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this week's actually a bit tough. I've kind of looked ahead um, at the schedule. I think McRae against Gold Coast is um, super safe. I know despite him not having that high ceiling without Lucky Hunter apparently being a thing, despite averaging like 132-week average, um, I, I just think his history against Gold Coast is irresistible and, and he's just a perfect VC option. Beyond that, I think if you've got Parrish, if you've got obviously either of the Melbourne boys, um, looking forward if you get Laird this week, I don't mind that one either. Um, uh, if you've got Lockie Neal, um, I don't think Hawthorne are as easy to score against as what we initially thought, but um, I think Neil obviously is just safe as houses to go 100 plus. I think people need to re um, consider what their VC scores are going to be uh, in terms of a take. I think it's getting to the point where anything close to 120, as in like between 119 and 123 plus, is a take. Um, is... Whereas I don't think it used to be. But this year yeah. is has been just so much more savage than than past years. I think we just have to adjust a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I just uh, want to throw one more name in the mix. Uh, Crips against Swans on, yeah. on the first game so of the round. I thought about that. I don't know if this is a myth, but Sydney seem restricting. Not even like in terms of a tag or a run with. But I I, th- I don't know if it's just that they own the ball and own a lot of the pie or because they have so many players that score so well, so they own the pie that way. Um, I'm not certain exactly what it is, but they don't seem to give off too many mammoth scores. So I think Crips with a little bit of injury risk, a little bit of Sydney risk, I, I think I'd rather go McRae into um, yeah. my captaincy. I, I, and I don't wouldn't begrudge people choosing Crips either. He's obviously, he's the second best scorer in the game without his injury score. It might be lower now actually with the 83, but essentially he's, he should be safe as houses as well. But that's just me personally. It's just something that I've sort of picked up on the eye test, I think. 
Yeah, last last three at the at Marvel was one fifty one, one thirty eight, one sixty two. Although against Adelaide and North Melbourne, so yeah. you have to uh, take that into consideration. But I do think those between him and Neil and McRae and probably I guess I'll say Oliver again because North Melbourne. Um, there's there's quite a good amount of captaincy options. I say before I still ruin it. Uh, yeah, I think essentially like, a Saturday captain, vice captain, captain. McRae, Clary, and uh, McClay, Clary, Clary, Parish slash Laird, whichever way you want to go on that, I think um, you're going to come out pretty successful. My early pick is going to be McRae into Parish personally, um, give the armband to the debutant. Um, <laughs> but I, I honestly wouldn't begrudge any combination of McRae, Clary, the other two guys, and Neil. So um, I suppose just take that as you will. I probably will do Crips into Neil, I think. I mean, there's a wow. part of me that that's wants like, to do Proust. That's the strangest combination for me. This is why you're no good at this. Yeah. I, and now you're talking about Proust as Proust. well. No, I, thought, I, talked to, I wanted to do Proust last week. Yeah. Um, that would have turned out all right. Well, the, the last <laughs> Uber Premium Ruckman to play against West Coast didn't score Jackson? incredibly well. Um, well, yeah, he didn't either. So, um, <laughs> I assume I actually haven't. I, I, I don't think know he what did Jackson well, but that's fine. Well, that's going to do us, Pistol. Great. I it's think, it's uh, been good. It's been good. I'm, I'm glad you, you got out all your questions and before, all your answers. Before anyone turns the podcast off, please stay tuned. There will be a poem starting very shortly. It's brilliant work. Highly recommend. It is unbelievable. Thank you again so much to the, the, um, the Slack vets who have got us over the 20k mark. We really appreciate you. The poem's going to be perfect. I'm just going to quickly plug away and then and then we'll get that going for the outro but you can catch us on twitter myself at jb underscore drc pistol at pistol underscore drc and chizo at chizo underscore drc the main is at dr underscore sc please message us tweet us let us know what you call the podcast thanks very much for joining me pistol thank you i'm glad to have been here i'm glad, I'm glad you're here as well um, and and please listen to the pod and it was As vets, we've come together to offer help, to lend a hand. And against this silent killer, we've all united to take a stand. And like many others out there, we've had loss and we've felt pain as life's heartless darkness takes our loved ones again and again. But from hardship, we take courage and armed with love, we keep up the fight. And to hold them again, we give anything even for just one night. And although we've said goodbye to many, the battle is far from lost. If we just keep faith, believe, stay strong, we'll beat it no matter the cost. Cause we refuse to bow to this beast. Why give this C word any power? And may this donation help someone sick live another second, a minute, an hour. For we want to make a difference like all our fam in Slack. And DRSC has 20,000 good reasons to knock this toxic poison on its back. Because right now, there's no escaping it. Not in the light, not in the dark. This sinister, cold-blooded killer takes no prisoners when choosing its mark. But fear will never overcome us. Strength and courage as much as you please. 
dignity, grace, hope and reverence as we bury this deadly disease. And to those who endure the suffering, our hearts are with you each step of the way as you amaze us all with your bravery and kick its ass each and every day. So lads, we offer up this gesture. It's from our hearts and it is pure. And it comes with prayers and benediction that one day someone might find a cure. Till then, all vets stand together, brothers and sisters arm in arm. And in one voice we shout, fuck you cancer, to our family, you'll do no more harm. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.